Hey there, it's Pete Mundo. Thanks for checking out this week's uh, radio show and podcast forum. Do me a favor if you could. Leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. If you do it, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will uh, get a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail for you. I'd really appreciate it. It would help us out a lot. And uh, thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the show. We'll talk to you soon. Third and goal at the three. And Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown. I can feel it coming on round as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5. Into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long. Everybody sing. And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun goes down, stars come out. They just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards from McCluskey on the grab. Well, I've got some shocking news for you guys. The Big Ten is still bitching and moaning and complaining. And I know, what a shocker. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Hope you guys are having a great week, and we appreciate you joining us, whether it's radio, podcast, uh, whatever it might be. We appreciate you uh, being a part of the show. So before we start, let me say that The Heartland College Sports Forums are off to a great start. If you haven't signed up, I hope that you will. Uh, Just go to heartlandcollegesports.com, go to our members forum page, and sign up there. They're free. All we're looking to do is create a great conversation with fellow Big 12 fans and uh, continue to build on this community that we have going. So that's all we're looking to do, and we hope you'll sign up. Free of charge and become part of our forums on heartlandcollegesports.com. All right, so uh, the Big Ten is once again moaning about the fact that they've missed the college football playoff and the format must not be working because the Big Ten is not getting in. All right, here's the deal. Barry Alvarez, the athletic director at Wisconsin, told The Athletic the following. Here's the quote. I'll read it to you. I was on the initial committee and I thought four teams in the playoff was good. It was great. It was much better than the two-team playoff decided by computers because I wanted to know who's programming those computers and what are they putting in. I was never satisfied with that, Barry Alvarez says, adding, I thought four really helped college football. I thought that would be it. But when our league is left out of the playoff for three years in a row, I'm not happy with that. I don't think that we have followed the criteria set by the commissioners in naming those four teams. There's a way you can go to eight teams very easily, starting a week early with a bye with the top four seeds. You can go to eight teams easily. There are eight teams that really could have a chance to win. So I think that it will expand. I just don't know when. Well, okay, let's debunk a lot of what Barry Alvarez just said. What do you think? Does that work for you? All right, let's have some fun with this and do it. He says eight teams can win. 
Uh, I don't think that's true. I don't believe eight teams can win. All right? Because look at what has happened the last couple of years. The semifinals are not traditionally good. Clemson over Notre Dame, 30-3. to Alabama-Oklahoma, I know the final score indicates a fairly close game, but and I know I love you OU fans, but you know and I know that game was not as close as the final score indicated. You had Alabama over Clemson 24-6 to in last year's uh, semifinal, two years ago now. The other game, of course, very good, Georgia and Oklahoma. Prior to that, let's go to three seasons ago. Clemson crushed Ohio State 31-0, Alabama over Washington 24-7. to Year before that, Clemson beat Oklahoma by 20 points, and you had uh, Alabama over Michigan State 38-0. And then prior to that, the initial college football playoff, Oregon beats Florida State by 39, Ohio State over Alabama by 7. So when push comes to shove, these college football playoff semifinal games are not traditionally close. And by the way, Barry Alvarez says the Big Ten has missed the playoff for three straight years. It's only been two straight years. Three years ago, Ohio State lost to Clemson 31-zip. So you might have forgotten about it or you haven't selected memory. But the last two times the Big Ten were in the college football playoff, 2017-2016 season, and you had Ohio State lose 31-0. The year before that, Michigan State got blown out 38-0 by Alabama. So the Big Ten in its last two college football playoff experiences have lost by a combined score of 79 to nothing. So, uh, Barry, you said three straight years. It's only been two straight years. In the two years before that, you got embarrassed and you got waxed. Your conference did in the Big Ten. So he got that, uh, he got that wrong. But there's not eight teams every year that can win the national championship. You know, if anything, uh, these semifinals have proven that there's probably just a couple and I like four. I don't want to see the expansion. I'm not one of those super anti-expansion guys on the college football playoff. Like, I think eight would be fun to do the five power fives and then, you know, one group of five and two at-larges. I think that could be fun. You have the first round on campus. There's definitely potential there. So I'm not, like, anti-expansion. But the idea that now these Big Ten guys are complaining as they are doing – about the fact that, well, the college football playoff has to be expanded. Was he saying that the first year when Ohio State beat Alabama and then what, beat Oregon to win the national championship? Was he complaining then? And by the way, that Ohio State team had no business whatsoever getting in to the college football playoff. I'm sorry that Ohio State team should not have gotten in over TCU. It should not have gotten in over Baylor. TCU or Baylor would have been a better option that year in terms of the resume. But here's the thing. That year, and I will go until somebody proves to me otherwise, I will go to my grave believing that if Baylor and or TCU had been Oklahoma and or Texas that year, Ohio State would not have made the college football playoff. That was the first year they wanted big brands in that thing, and they put in Ohio State over TCU and Baylor. And I believe TCU or Baylor could have been just as dangerous. I know Ohio State uh, proved themselves. They were the last team in. They won the whole thing. But I am never, never going to believe anybody that says that was a purely um, objective choice. No way.
TCU was third in the country. They win the final game of the year, 55-3 to over Iowa State. And it's like, well, you know, you're not in a championship game per se. Now, I'm glad the Big 12 added the championship game. I think it's been great for the conference. I'm a big proponent of it, a big fan of it. But these guys can be flimsy with the rules, and they were that first year. But now the big the rules are not going Barry Alvarez's way and the Big Ten's way, at least in some people's eyes. And now it's like, gosh, we got to expand. He's not the only one to say it. Big Ten Commissioner Jim Delaney has also been in favor of expansion beyond four teams. And it's like, guys, you know, I, I think back to how this has played out. And what's gone on here in the college football playoff? And, you know, I, I'm a Big 12 guy. You know that. You're listening to this podcast. Um, the Big 12 uh, has not won a game in the college football playoff. And we know Oklahoma is the only team that's been there. I think that could change if, if Texas continues its upward trajectory. Um, and I think the Big 12 is as deep as any conference in America, 1 through 10. But this is not about, you know, Oklahoma getting there and just coming up short. This is about uh, a guy in Barry Alvarez, the athletic director at Wisconsin, complaining about the fact that this thing needs to expand because he has not gotten his way. And by the way, he has alleged that they have not followed the criteria set by commissioners in naming those teams. Okay, well, let's do that then. Let's take this past season and compare your Ohio State Buckeyes, the Big Ten champions, to the Oklahoma Sooners, the Big 12 champions. And let's go by the selection committee's protocol. First off, championships won. Oklahoma uh, now has a Big 12 championship game to play in, of course. They beat Texas, who was ranked and is a better team than who the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Big Ten champs, beat in the championship game of Northwestern. You know, your Western division stinks. What do you want me to tell you? Your Western division is terrible there, Barry Alvarez, which your Wisconsin Badgers are in. And OU has the edge on championships won, at least if you're going to say, hey, they both won a title. Who won the better game? OU beat Texas, case in point. Number two, strength of schedule. I looked up strength of schedule for this past season. Oklahoma came in eighth in the country. Ohio State was 15th. Barry Alvarez, hate to break it to you, big guy, but that one's not working out in your favor either. It is what it is. Tough spot for you there. Okay, let's go down the list. Head-to-head competition, of course, that did not occur in this past season for Oklahoma and Ohio State. And then also in the selection committee's protocol, comparative outcomes of common opponents without incenting margin of victory. Okay, so no real common opponents, unfortunately, with these. Well, I take that back. No, Ohio State did play TCU. They beat them by 12 points, but remember TCU was uh, in that game for a long time, and unfortunately Ohio State had that big comeback. Well, OU, if we're not going to use margin of victory, but let's do it anyway, OU also beat TCU. So your only common opponent is TCU. You both won the game. Therefore, everything else equal. Strength of schedule, maybe you're going to say that's the deciding factor along with who you play in the title game. OU's got the edge. I mean, Barry Alvarez, how are you going to sit here and tell me? How are you going to say that the criteria being set by the commissioners are not being used? Uh, you know, your team lost, not your team, but the Big Ten champion, Ohio State, lost a game at Purdue by 29 points. 
OU's one loss was a nail-biter on a field goal against their arch-rival Texas at a neutral site. Once again, not close. So this is just more complaining by Barry Alvarez and somebody in the Big Ten because they don't believe they're getting their way. And guess what? I have no sympathy for them. None whatsoever. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Hope your week is going well. And coming up, uh, we had some spring games this past weekend. I was at K-State and KU. I will get to that and much more coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So a bunch of spring games this past weekend. I couldn't track them all down, but we got to a couple of them. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We've got our new forums. Go check them out. Sign up. They are free. A chance for you to interact with other Big 12 fans at heartlandcollegesports.com. So go sign up there, and we'll see you on the message boards. All right, so we had a bunch of Big uh, Big 12 spring games this past weekend. And being up here in Kansas City, where I'm located, uh, I got to K-State, and I got to KU. Let's start with K-State because that was earlier in the day, and then we'll bounce around the conference here just on some news and notes uh, based on what we knew about what happened in some of the spring games. I'll tell you what, K-State, uh, I was hesitant to go out there, to be honest. You know, it's about a two-hour drive to Manhattan from Kansas City, and I'm like, eh, it's just going to be a spring practice scrimmage. Do I really want to make that trip when it's not going to be a spring game? But I'll tell you, you know what? They did a really nice job there. K-State fan base showed up pretty impressively, considering, once again, it was just a uh, practice-slash-scrimmage, not a true spring game. And uh, it started off with basically drills being done on either side of the field. So, you know, I had my binoculars, check out the quarterbacks, see who was getting some first-team reps, all that kind of good stuff. And it was good. It was quality. It was productive. And then what they did at K-State is they ended up doing a uh, scrimmage where they'd kind of play between the 20s. You know, if someone broke a big play, they'd run into the end zone. That's kind of how they did it at K-State. And over overall, I thought it was a good enough chance to see who's got what, who's making what type of progress, who's somebody that, you know, the coaches are really impressed with and really like. And I think that's how you have to look at it. And there were certainly things I could take away. First off, Skylar Howard, excuse me, Skylar Howard, Skylar Thompson, throwback West Virginia fan. Do you like that? Skylar Thompson loves, he loves himself some Chris Kleiman. Skylar Thompson could not stop raving about Chris Kleiman. Of course, the uh, new head coach for Kansas State replacing Bill Snyder. Uh, somebody asked him, I'll never forget this. Somebody asked him on Saturday after the spring scrimmage, said, what are you, you know, differences between the two coaching staffs and Thompson said it's been so much fun getting to know coach Kleiman and this coaching staff practice does not even feel like practice it's just fun it's just fun and I thought to myself geez I mean that is um, a little bit of a shot at Bill Snyder and his regime saying it's just fun but Thompson looked like a guy that had the weight of the world lifted off his shoulders He was confident, borderline cocky, which I'm fine with in a quarterback. You need a little bit of that in a quarterback. 
a guy who knows the job is his. He's not battling for it with Alex Delton or anybody else. He is the starting quarterback for this team. He is the starting quarterback uh, and the leader of this program. And clearly, the coaching staff has confidence in him being that guy. So uh, Skylar Thompson cannot be happier with how this coaching hire worked out from what I could tell. And then there are a few playmakers in the mix now. You got Hunter Risen, who transferred in, of course, from Michigan State two years ago, sat out last season. He's now ready to roll. And James Gilbert, who's expected to be the number one running back, comes in from Ball State. He totaled over 2,800 yards and 30 touchdowns uh, during his time at Ball State. And now he's hoping to see if that transfers to the uh, Power 5 level. And I'll say this, it better, you know, because K-State's pretty, pretty weak at that running back position. Not a lot of depth there, we'll put it that way. Not a lot of depth. Also, uh, Joaquin Gill, a junior, he played in 10 games last year. He only had seven catches. He got a lot of attention uh, on Saturday. So let's see if he's somebody who can kind of take that next step. And Jabaston Taylor had a big spring game last year. Uh, only had three catches during the season, but he's their one true big target at 6'4". So if he's a guy that can make some noise uh, for K-State, that would be great. They do not have a lot of size at wide receiver. Then I went to KU. So I went to K-State during the day. Then I drove over to KU. And KU had, you know, a Rick Ross thing and a concert and everything else. So turnout was great. Got to be honest. You wouldn't know that program, uh, you know, has kind of one hand how many wins they got the last few years, right? Les Miles was funny. Uh, they had some big screen videos they had done with Les Miles doing movie impersonations and uh, back and forth with Bill Self at a Step Brothers. It was very funny, and it was well done, and clearly KU put a lot of effort into it. And the Rick Ross concert, big deal. Not my thing, but a big deal. I'll say this, though. They played a full game, and it was just too much. You know, you don't have a ton of numbers. You haven't had a lot of success. If we're being fair, a lot of the students are there because of Rick Ross. They played f- four 15-minute quarters with a halftime. And it's like, Les, you know, this isn't LSU, man. <laughs> we're not there yet. Let's just go out there. Let's put on a little bit of a show. Uh, you know, you want to do two 15-minute quarters or uh, two 20-minute halves to take a page out of basketball's book and then have a very brief intermission. Maybe that's the way to go. But, you know, it was kind of chilly on Saturday. There were not a lot of uh, openings for people to pick up food or drink, concessions, anything like that. So it kind of felt like as the night went on, all right, let's go. We're here for the concert. A lot of people are here for the show. Let's give them the show. But, hey, Les Miles got on stage during that show with Rick Ross, and I'm guessing for most people that was well worth the wait. So we had a bunch of other articles up. Uh, Derek Duke writing a couple of pieces about the OU spring game and also about the uh, Texas spring game. So uh, if you think we're being biased, we're not trying to be at all. We're doing all the coverage we can here um, with the spring games and whatnot. And obviously a couple of teams in the Big 12 not doing spring games. And I assume you might know some of who those are, whether it's Iowa State or TCU uh, deciding they're not going to do a spring game. So Texas, if you watch that on the Longhorn Network, you saw a defense that was really good, as expected, and you saw an offense that struggled. Now, granted, the winds were whipping. Uh, last week, we had a big storm blow through the Central Plains, and it was fine by kickoff for the spring game for Texas, but it was on the back end of the storm, 
The winds were whipping, gusting up to 30 miles an hour. So, you know, there were some elements to deal with there, and the offense is typically going to be behind the defense in these types of settings, right? I mean, that's usually how it works. But Texas had a good turnout. Uh, they didn't quite fill the lower bowl in Austin, but they did a very nice job, and you want to see that, you know? I, when I went to Texas last year for the West Virginia game, uh, I was underwhelmed by the uh, atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere. I should rephrase it. I was underwhelmed by the home field advantage, is how I would put it. And I think a big part of that is that Texas is becoming such a diverse town uh, with a lot of people moving in, one of the hottest cities in America. You know, you have people there that are on a vacation or a bachelor party. I mean, when I went to the game, I feel like most of the people I met were from out of town. They were there to experience a Texas Longhorns football game. They were not living and breathing t- uh, UT football. They just weren't. And that can hurt your environment. But I know Texas has put a lot of emphasis on improving that environment. And I hope they continue to do that. And based on what we saw at the spring game, I think most people should be pleased with what they uh, did. But these spring games are becoming big deals. Lee Bryce making one hundred and fifty grand uh, from OU as part of a big recruiting weekend as well. That's a large part of what these weekends have turned into. Recruiting weekends, getting recruits to commit, and impressing the heck out of them. And in some cases, these teams did that very well. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And coming up, some big news, big news for ESPN and the Big 12. We'll get to it next. Well, you might have missed it, but there was some huge news for the Big 12 Conference that took place this past week. And it could be a sign of things to come in terms of what's next in the TV contracts, not just for the Big 12, but for uh, all of college sports. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, where your independent Big 12 a digital media outlet. Once again, if you didn't hear it, we have new forums on the website. Free forums, free message boards to interact with other Big 12 fans. Please do go join us there at heartlandcollegesports.com. All you got to do, all you have to do, is just go there and register, and it's you know, a great chance to interact with other Big 12 fans. All right, so what's happening here is that the Big 12 has uh, basically renegotiated in some ways its contract with ESPN, ABC, Disney, the whole uh, kit and caboodle. Now what's going to happen is the Big 12 championship game is going to be on ESPN or ABC exclusively through 2024, adding three championship games in addition to what they had in 2019, 2021, and 2023. Also, this is a chance for ESPN to boost its ESPN Plus platform, which is like 5 bucks a month. They're trying to get people over there, but they have not had much in the way of like decent live content to force people to buy that subscription. But they're pl- clearly putting a big emphasis on this direct-to-consumer subscription sports streaming service that they have, that they've rolled out, and that they're really trying to amp up. So part of what they're going to be doing here is there's going to be one regular season football game each season for each participating school, as well as any spring games that are going to be on ESPN+, and that starts as soon as this fall. There's going to be regular season and exhibition men's basketball games that are not distributed on ESPN's linear networks. That's like ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN News. Up to 75 games per year that are going to be on ESPN+. 
Women's basketball and other conference sports like volleyball, soccer, wrestling, softball, and more are also going to be on ESPN+. And a select uh, handful of Big 12 Conference championship events and original content also to ESPN+. Now, how this is going to break down is that uh, the following schools will start the agreement this year for 2019-2020. Those schools are Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State, while TCU, West Virginia, and Texas Tech will start in the 2020-2021 school year. Texas will not be a part of ESPN Plus since it's got the Longhorn Network, which is going to go away, I imagine. It's it's running until, I think, 2030. I mean, Texas is getting away with murder with that contract for $15 bucks a year. Um, but they're stuck with that for now, so they're not going to ESPN+. And Oklahoma, of course, has a pretty good uh, and lucrative Tier 3 rights agreement right now, so they are, at this point, not shifting to ESPN+, either. But the rest of the schools will be over the next uh, couple of seasons. So what does this mean? First off, it's a sign of things to come in college athletics and where the next TV contracts are going. ESPN is getting decimated with people cutting the cord. ESPN had 100 million subscribers a year at like six, seven bucks a pop, and many of those 100 million were not watching ESPN. But people had their cable bundles, and, you know, your old granny who watches Wheel of Fortune and the Nightly News was never turning on ESPN, but they were paying ESPN seven bucks a month for the product. So ESPN was getting all this money in subscriber fees from the cable bundles, and they were getting all this money from advertising revenue, and they were double dipping. I mean, think about it. I work in radio. There's no cost for you to listen to my radio show, whether it's in Kansas City or this radio show here uh, on the Big 12. It is free. As long as you buy a radio or have a radio, you can listen to it. Imagine if radio stations were able to double dip and charge you for their fee while also charge for commercials. I don't know. Does SiriusXM do that now? I'm not sure. But either way, it's a great business model. ESPN was doing it for years. And they were getting all the live TV events, all the live sporting events, because they could pay whatever to get that money to make that income. But now, with people cutting the cord and wising up, all of a sudden, they've got to figure out how are we going to keep revenues, maybe not close to what they were, but just keep them up. And they figure ESPN Plus is a way to do it. It costs 5 bucks a month, I believe it is what it is. And now they're trying to push decent live sporting events to that platform. And if they can get college sports fans on that platform because their teams are going to have games on that platform, it's a good way to do it. Now, my thinking is partially the diehard college sports fan already has ESPN. Like the diehard college sports fan probably did not cut the cord and leave out ESPN. I cut the cord theoretically. I have YouTube TV now through my Roku device. Uh, if Roku wants to do an advertisement or a sponsorship with us or this show, please do let me know. Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com is how you can find me. But uh, it's been great. YouTube TV has all the ESPNs. It has all the sports that a normal cable bundle would. And I like it because it's a lot cheaper and it's a pretty good service. You just got to have good internet for it. So sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, all right, uh, ESPN is trying to push people to ESPN+. Plus. I understand that. But like, is the diehard Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, any Big 12 fan not already in some way subscribed to ESPN, whether it's through a regular traditional cable bundle or it's through something like I have YouTube TV? I don't know how many of those people are out there. 
Will I get ESPN Plus now with all the Big 12 action that's on it? Probably. You know, and it's at five bucks a month. You can you can justify it at that type of cost. But when you're going to have 75 uh, men's basketball games and every Big 12 football team in a couple of years is going to have at least one game and any spring games as well are going to be on ESPN Plus, that's an investment that I guess I'll have to make on top of my YouTube TV. So ESPN's hope might just be, you know what? All right, these people already have ESPN, but now we can get them to pay us more money with ESPN+. Plus. So it might be more of a play for the diehard fan than it is simply a play for the casual fan who could take it or leave it and decided to cut the cord. That's how this must be going as ESPN kind of rolls this thing out and builds up ESPN+. Plus. But as we get closer now to the next round of negotiations in you know the mid-2020s with the Big Ten, the Big 12, and, and the rest of these conferences, I'm intrigued to see if this plays a big role in what they're trying to do. And what does Amazon do? What does um, Facebook do? Do they have interest in live sports? Or is it going to be ESPN still as the main bidder, you know, Fox as well, but pushing you to these other platforms where you have to give them more money instead of simply doing it as part of the basic ESPN or ABC or Fox cable package? That could be where this is all headed. And you saw a glimpse of that with this Big 12 deal that came down. I guess it was late last week between the Big 12, ABC, ESPN, Disney, and whatnot. But but very, very interesting stuff. And if you're into this stuff, into the TV contracts and the negotiations, keep an eye on this. And let's see how it it plays out, how it rolls out. I have not seen anything on ESPN+. Plus. I don't have it, but I'm, uh, I'm intrigued to get it, and I'll have to now. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Another super busy show. And whether you joined us on the radio, podcast, uh, please do continue to spread the word about what we're doing and how you can get a hold of us because we are growing this thing every week exponentially because of you. And uh, we appreciate your word of mouth. Thanks, of course, as always, to our radio affiliates who are carrying this show. Uh, They are the best, and they are so easy to work with. I appreciate them. And we appreciate them here at heartlandcollegesports.com. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you next week, same time and same place, right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. 2,000 country stations. Yeah, we're one big country nation. That's right. Hey guys, Pete Mundo here. Thanks for checking out this week's show. Please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, other places as well. And send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great week.